Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen, and I hated this movie. And I'm her little brother, William, and I think you're all going to be very upset with me this week. <laughs> Why? I, uh... <laughs> So this is our second week of Cagetober, where we are yes. exclusively talking about Nicolas Cage movies. Last week, we covered The Wicker Man, and this week we are covering the first horror movie Nicolas Cage ever made, a movie known as Vampire's Kiss. Right. And it is, uh, I think from my vantage point, uh, probably up there with the movie The Room yeah, as I, yeah. a, a sort of titan of the like WTF so bad it's good genre of film. Um, I didn't even feel it was so bad it's good. I really, really, really hated my experience of watching this. Uh, I really hated it. I had such a bad time. I was sick, yeah. first of all. Mm -hmm. I had a stomach bug. And I, the stunk bug had been brewing like the day before. I just wasn't feeling that great. I didn't think I was going to get full on sick, but I wasn't feeling that well. And I had planned on that night watching Vampire's Kiss. And I just had this sense that it was going to be a somewhat sickening movie. And I was like, I already feel a little bit not good. I'll watch it tomorrow because I'll probably wake up feeling fresh as a daisy and I'll go in then. I got even sicker, but I had to watch it for the show. Right. So that was going on. It felt three hours long. Oh, yeah. I genuinely enjoyed House of a Thousand Corpses more than I enjoyed Vampire's Kiss. You're saying you... Okay. I, 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 I For a second, I thought you were going to say I genuinely enjoyed House of a Thousand Corpses, but I didn't like this. No, you're saying no. to compare the two, Yes. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses is not as bad as Vampire's Kiss. Right. I really don't think it is like there were at least some interesting things for me to look at glom onto. Like I was able to, in the course of you forcing me to answer certain questions for the house of a thousand corpses episode, you made me say what my favorite part was yeah. and like say positive things. I could at least conjure up something that I was like, theoretically, this is cool. I didn't like a thing about this movie. I hated it. I think I think you saying that at all means that I'm going to have to ask you to come up with what, what your favorite moment of this movie was. William, the ending. Oh boy, the credits. <laughs> the credits. The credits were pretty long, so I guess I'll say the credits. It seems to count. Did you watch all the credits? In the beginning, the Are credits were long. you waiting for an, like, uh, an end credits scene? <laughs> yeah. I was Googling, is there end credits vampire's kiss? I, now, I, in the beginning, like how... <laughs> Credits used to be kind of longer, I feel like, yeah. in the beginning of movies. It's that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I will say, so I did some I did some research about this movie, and I found yeah. bits and pieces of the commentary track. I tried mm -hmm. to find a DVD so I could listen to the full commentary track. Unavailable. I could not find this thing anywhere. Wait, 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 wait. Were you going to buy the DVD to listen to the commentary track? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, my God, William. I mean, I would have... You have too much money. Send it uh, on over to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, money is <laughs> no, I know, abundance. I know. But uh, no, I was going to say we could probably give it away afterward. Ugh. I bet people that would be a funny thing to do. But so I wanted to no, hear the commentary track because I saw that there's a Nicolas Cage commentary. Anyway, the reason why I'm saying this is he says he feels as if Nick, uh, uh, Jack Nicholson... Um, took some of this performance to make that movie Wolf. 
Give me a break. No, he did not. Now, not even having seen Wolf. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Um, He did not. I know he didn't. But I that's feel a, it in my bones. Ta- forget Universal's, you know, dark universe. There's cinematic universe of monsters. I want the Jack Nicholson, Nicolas Cage. I want Vampire's oh. Kiss v. Wolf. That's what I'm dying for. <laughs> I would watch that only for the wolf because I really hated watching Nicolas Cage be this vampire thing. Also, I don't understand. I don't get this movie. Is this supposed to be some sort of metaphor for something that's over my right. head? Uh, no, I, I think it's uh, no, I, I can't imagine. All right. Let me let me set the table a, a little bit. I did a little something different uh, this week from last week. So just briefly for people who have no idea what this movie is, go watch the trailer and you still won't get a great idea of what's happening. But the nuts and bolts of it are this. It's a movie from 1988. And here's the tagline on the poster. After an encounter with a neck biter, a publishing executive thinks that he's turning into a vampire. Now I think that that's a pretty good tagline because they specifically say he thinks he's turning into a vampire. Uh, he's not right in this movie. He's not turning into a vampire. I think definitively. And I feel it's not completely clear unless you've read that tagline that he is not like something strange is going on with this guy. Yes. Um, so it seems not. Out- and you watch him get bitten by a vampire repeatedly. Right. So it doesn't seem outside of the realm of possibility that he has been turned into a vampire. Except for everything that he does and says and experiences, which have nothing to do with, you know. Being a vampire. Being a vampire, yeah. I don't know. And that most of this movie takes place during the day. (laughs) Yeah, well, he's wearing like humongous like cataract sunglasses. That's what I wrote too. I was like, when he starts wearing sunglasses, he's walking around his office wearing sunglasses and smoking. And somebody goes, he's so eccentric. And that would lead you to think he's being like a badass rebel, but he looks like an old man who's had his eyes dilated, you know, yes. at the lens crafters in the mall and yes. has to wear huge sunglasses for the rest no, of the day. No, it's his, his warped version of like a vampire being afraid of the sun. Right. So he's guarding his eyes. I don't know. I seriously, I, <laughs> it wasn't clear. No. I mean, I knew that he wasn't from the tagline, but yes. just like, so what's going on then? Well, what's so actually, I, I just realized I misspoke. That wasn't the tagline. That was the well, synopsis. Here's yes. the actual tagline. Mm-hmm. Seduction, romance, murder. The things one does for love. Is it for love? No. He's not doing those things for love. No, he's just doing those things seemingly at random. This is a yes. this is a bug nuts movie. This is almost a um this is almost like an art house attempt. Um, it totally is. It's Kafka-esque. Yes. So Nicolas Cage, very much like, you know, he thinks he's turning into a vampire. He believes that, first of all, a bat flies through his window while he is um in flagrante delicto. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> your, your wish has been granted. Yes. And uh, he he gets more turned on by the bat than the mm-hmm. lady. He does this look over his shoulder and sweep of his hair. This yeah. like big gargantuan soap opera move as if he's like suddenly grooming himself because mm-hmm. of this bat he's seeing. Um, and then the following night, he believes he has an encounter with a woman who bites him on the neck. And bit right. by bit, he starts to have symptoms, he thinks, of vampirism. Um, mm-hmm. Going from uh, being unable to be out in the sunlight to thinking that he can't be killed. Somebody tries to shoot him with a gun and it's full of blanks. 
And then he shoots right. himself with the gun too, and it's and it's not killing him. So he's like, I knew it. I'm a vampire. He thinks he can't see his own reflection in a mirror, even though we can. We see, like, there are three mirrors in the scene, and he's in each of them. And yeah. yet he's saying, it happened. Where am I? Where am I? He thinks he can't be seen. So it's almost like it's... Just some power of the mind stuff. A little bit. It's It's a mental illness movie. Oh, yeah, totally. But, like, played as... I don't know. It's like a gonzo sort of movie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. darkly comic and ugh, this gross. is, this is not a funny movie. This is a no, movie. It's not. No, this is a movie that is known primarily for Nicolas Cage's performance. Yes. Like if you look at the trailer, you'll recognize his outfit from memes yeah. that go all over the place. This is a super duper memeable movie because he's acting insanely huge like will mentioned last week on the show that he has said that he's very inspired by german expressionism which um is a style of acting that rejects realism which is exactly what it sounds like is acting realistic right he's very interested in this big way of acting that's kind of inspired by silent films and bringing that into non-silent films and it's like a weird like social experiment or something it is or artistic experiment it's oh it almost it almost it almost like de- definitively on the nose is exactly that it's an experiment uh, so yeah. in some of his um commentary track he talks about exactly that he's like i wanted to see could i take elements of silent film acting which was like silent film you know the beginning of film is is really people taking stage work and and recording it. And so people are acting uh, very broadly and very big and playing to the back of the room because that's a lot of what stage acting tends or tended to be. And mm-hmm. so to do that in a movie usually looks insane because with a film yeah. camera, you can, you know, pull in on a tight close up and get really minute, uh, right. subtle uh, adjustments of a face can convey a lot nuances but he still goes huge here so there's there's literally a moment uh in the movie where and i i I, so again i think the shockeroo for me is that i think this is probably the second or third time i've seen this movie and i really oh yeah oh my god and i think i understood it really okay tell I I, I, I think I saw the matrix. I think I, I, I think I can see the construction <laughs> of this. Pilled. And I think, I, I think I'm red pilled on vampires. Yeah. Kiss. I, um, I can't pretend I like it. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I said to you, you know, uh, a week ago or more as we've been talking about cage Tober, like, Oh my God, we're going to have to do vampires kiss. Aren't we? Yeah. Actually I suggested it and you were like, Oh God. And I was like, well, we don't have to. And you're like, no, we kind of have to. I, I straight up, counted this as along with house of a thousand corpses, which I, I listen, I haven't seen that movie in years now. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll have to be forced to watch it as I still in my head, it is so much worse than this movie. So much worse. This I movie is more, not trying. Again, <laughs> is, this movie is not trying to be cool, right? Like house of a thousand corpses wants you to go. Hell yeah. Yeah, not in that way. I think it wants to be cool. No, I think this movie wants to be cool in a way. It's like cerebral cool or something. I think this movie wants to be... I think this movie's a little pretentious. I think it wants to be lofty and have something true to say. 
which yes. is not true of House of a Thousand Corpses. He's not trying to say no. anything. He's just trying to be like, this is a badass. I kind of prefer that, at least in this instance. Can't I really that. don't mind, you know, fun or cool just for the sake of fun or cool. Yeah. There are times when people are saying something and I'm into what they're saying. I don't reject it outright. But in this instance... I don't know. I, I know that I was bringing my own physical illness to this, but this movie right. sickened me. Yeah, I love that you had to watch this while you were feeling sick. I uh, I remember, uh, I think I've said this before, but I, I had like this in- insane, this is probably like eight or nine years ago. I, I had this insane cold or something that lasted for like two weeks. Mm. And um, I was just like, I could barely get out of bed. And then I think Allie, or maybe it wasn't Allie, somebody convinced me, like, you you haven't been sleeping. You should take NyQuil. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't like taking things that affect my perception. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always been afraid of NyQuil. But I took mm-hmm. NyQuil, and I, I, was, I was binging Buffy, the vampire slayer, and bouncing back and forth between it and Angel, because those shows used to air back to back. So it was like, I'll watch them in release order and see if I get the full story almost. And it's like, it's like I kept hitting, you know, next episode, next episode, next episode. Um, while my mind was going like, what's happening? What am I? Why? I don't feel good. And so to this day, to this day, I have like a physiological reaction when I think about Buffy or angel, I like feel, I feel unwell. I feel insane. I can understand it. So did you, you stayed up through the NyQuil? I think so. Yeah. I, 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 well, I don't go to sleep well anyway. Mm -hmm. I I do think I fought the NyQuil, but I also think I was like falling asleep and waking up and not sure where I left off or what was happening. I think it was seeping into my dreams. Like I I think I had a really like a (laughs) a lame, like a very vanilla guy's trip uh, on NyQuil, you know, that's, I mean, that's a thing like people taking Ambien and like forcibly staying awake through it. Famously, Tiger Woods uh, did that a lot when he was having all those affairs. Oh, is that right? Multiple of the women reported back, like they could kind of corroborate that he was very into doing it on Ambien. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's I, I don't know why. I haven't done that before, but um, whatever. It's a thing. Obviously, some sort of effect takes place when you stay up through, you know, nighttime medicine, I guess. Is, is there a reverse thing like that? Is there like, you know, I drink coffee and then take a nap? Is that a thing at all? Actually, it it yeah, it is actually. There's um, but but totally fine in you know like health doing like opposites, a, you know. No, it's it's um, it's a tactic. Like because caffeine takes like twenty to thirty minutes to take effect. Yeah. So there is this idea of drinking coffee, trying to take a nap right away in that pocket before the caffeine takes effect, and then when you wake up, you're refreshed from your nap, and the caffeine is doing its thing. Oh, so you so like must get a boost. Good. Right. Like in Mario Kart when you when you hit the button just right at the start of the race. I can never do that anymore, but yes. Yeah. Um yeah. so so back to, to Vampire's Kiss. I I feel mm-hmm. like to some degree I understood it. So there's this scene where Nicolas Cage is uh talking to his secretary. A, a significant chunk of this movie is Nicolas Cage abusing his secretary. I know, I hated that. I hated it. Um, and, uh, in this one scene, he's asking her to find a file mm-hmm. that has been misplaced. And, uh, at a certain point he, uh, she goes like, well, maybe if you just could like hire someone else or give somebody else this task or let somebody help me try to find it. Cause there's just so much stuff to go through. I can't find it. He goes, Oh, Alva, I couldn't give this job to anybody else. You're the lowest on the totem pole. Do you understand that? You are the lowest person in this office. 
You, everybody else has been here longer than you. There is no one around who I would give such an awful, horrible job to. And as he's saying this like monologue about how he just wants her to do it, he's leaning in and his eyes are getting wider and wider. And this is where a big meme face comes from. This is like, this is a scene that people have clipped and like shared the meme of a million different ways. I'll put it on the cover for this episode. I'm sure. sure. Cause it's, you, it's you the face not. of the movie, but in yeah. the commentary, he's like, he goes, yeah, yeah. What I was doing here. I wanted to see if I could get my eyes as big as possible. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's his whole game in that scene. He wanted to make yeah. his eyes as big as possible. He wanted to freak out that performer he was yeah. talking to, but what happens right after he goes like, do you understand? And he sits back and his eyes go back to normal. And I actually think, I think it's very effective. I think it's crazy, <laughs> but I think it works. It is crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And in a, for me, this time, it was very entertaining. Huh. Okay. Well, good. I, That's awesome. You know, I got faked out by IMDb a little bit as far as the plot of this movie goes, just from something that I assumed. Yeah. So I went to the IMDb because I wanted to know the name of the actor who played Alba, his uh, like secretary or whatever. Yeah. Her name was Maria Conchita Alonso, if I remember correctly. And her um, little mini icon on IMDb was her kind of like very dressed up, but almost in like a goddess situation. Like it's not huh. like she was at a movie premiere. It's like something crazy. So I was like, oh, I wonder if she's in cahoots with Jessica Beale. I mean, Jessica Beale. What the hell's her name? Jennifer Beale. Jennifer is Beals. the um, Yeah. She's the vampire. The vampire. Yeah. And um, like she's actually this like vampire goddess and they're going to like fell this dude at some point. So I was kind of waiting for like alva's revenge and it never came unfortunately no no i to to, honestly to that point now again i think i think i had a little more freedom this Mm -hmm. being uh uh, not the first time that i was watching this movie i knew what i was getting into and i was not looking forward to it so also maybe the bar was so low for me mentally that Mm -hmm. there was nowhere to go but up for this movie Um, it couldn't have been lower for me the bar though i knew this was gonna suck uh yeah but i've actually seen this The lived experience. Uh, There really is no, there's no adequate way that unless you've seen this movie that we can describe how miserable Mm -hmm. so much of it is and how, how insane Nicolas Cage's performance is. It's just impossible. He goes, this is probably, this is probably the worst acting and the craziest performance in a, in a film Mm -hmm. I have ever seen ever. Yeah. Of all time. That's you saying that? Oh, yeah. So he he loves this movie and yeah. this performance. I was surprised to see that he, because it seemed like the kind of thing when I was looking into it that like maybe he'll be like dismissive of it a little bit. Be like, oh, Vampire's Kiss. I know that's so crazy. It's so memed. He loves it. He said he said this is his favorite movie and his favorite performance. Yeah. He said that he puts it up there with uh, Face Off. Uh-huh. These are oh. these are the two performances. High praise. Yeah. God, I love Face Off. He is <sighs> such a compelling actor. Yeah, well, yeah, nobody goes as far as he does for better or for worse, right? Like no. to he's that just, end, he's you've... so interesting to watch, but yeah. it wasn't enough to save it. He no. was he was too nauseating. Well, are, you almost say it like he's a good part of the movie. No, that's not what I mean. I'm talking about him in a broader sense in general. Right. Yeah. 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 He's just a super compelling actor. Right. Like this movie. Honestly, I'll, 
I'll give a glance to pretty much any Nicolas Cage movie. I'll give it a look. It's, okay. it's going to be something. He's He's got charisma. Sometimes he's really great in a, in a genuine way. And even when he's bad, it's usually like a real swing through the fences, fun thing to watch. Right. Um, but this was neither. Like it was no. swinging for the fences, but it was just like, what world is this yeah. in? It's this yeah, is this is a hard too. Watch. I found it very annoying. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, for some reason, he's doing this unplaceable accent. Oh, I know. I read something that he said that this guy, because he's kind of like a, um, so he's a, a literary agent, I think. Yeah. And he's like a rich guy that he thought that he would have some sort of like vaguely British European transatlantic thing going. Right. But even for that idea, it's a terrible accent. It's horrible. It's, 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 it really, this really is a joke accent. Yes. He go at one point he's talking to Alva in a car and I think they're talking about work. Um, and he goes, it doesn't go away, Alva. Nothing goes away. Says it like Goo. that. Goes. No, no place has that accent. No, it's almost like SoCal. It's almost yes, yes. Bill and Ted. Yes. Um, but it's bigger than that, and it's insane. Mm-hmm. I read somewhere, and then I couldn't find it again. I did so much reading about this movie um, <laughs> that it was it was meant to also perhaps be the, uh, sort of like neo Transylvanian accent, oh. but I, I couldn't find that again, and. I don't, maybe I maybe I maybe I had a nightmare. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true, but uh, I I who knows what this accent is. Also, it's evidently in part based on his father, yes, who was right. a professor and yep. maybe spoke with this. Now, this what's also weird is like I've never really understood what it is that Fraser talks like, right? Like the character Fraser has this I like. Know. Welcome now, Niles. Just posh. Like, yeah, it's posh. It's upper class. It's mm. upper class, you know, continental. From like the 40s or something. It's nobody, upper class people don't talk like that now. But it's affected, right? Yes. Nobody, nobody, that's not their real voice, right? No. Like if you, if you, if you punched Fraser in the face, he'd right. be like, oh, God damn it. He wouldn't go, oh, God damn it. Or is it so ingrained he would go, oh, God damn it. I don't know. It's just so know. It's just so crazy. But yeah, it's definitely cultivated. And uh, another thing online is they say that he adopts the accent more with people that he thinks he needs to impress. Mm-hmm. But I don't find that to be the case. Again, he says to Alva, who he does, simply does not care about and doesn't want to impress, it never goes away. Right. So he's affecting the accent Maybe nice. it just comes and goes. Maybe it just maybe it does go away throughout the course of the movie. Maybe um, it's just maybe a it's slippery like accent. Yeah, completely. Um, um, so you, <laughs> <laughs> what was it that you were saying was gonna like piss people off or whatever at the beginning that you don't think it's that you got it? I think I understood it now. Okay, and I didn't. I didn't really hate it. I, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But I was watching it and I was a little more fascinated and disturbed the way the movie wants me to be disturbed, I think. I think okay. I participated in this movie more than just watching it and being like, oh my God, yeah. which is usually what I do. I remember watching this movie and thinking that it felt eternal oh, in length. Oh God, yeah. It was an hour and 43 minutes long yeah. and it felt like double the time. I kept pausing it just to see where I was. And I was like, oh, God, it's not over. Well, I never, you know, I never watched this show, show, this movie for a show. I never watched mm-hmm. it to be somewhat analytical or to have something to say about it. So I watched it really 
closely this time. And more often than not, even if I wasn't enjoying what I was seeing, I was kind of like, oh, oh, okay. This is clicking for me. And there are actually a few things that I do like in it. Well, do tell. So uh, there is this very odd thing happening in the movie. I mean, it's the entire concept of the movie, right? So he thinks that he got bitten by a vampire. Right. And there are just like little things that happen that don't make sense that it it almost takes you out of the film because you're like, well, he knows he's faking this, doesn't he? But mm-hmm. it, it almost becomes like, no, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not aware that he's faking this, but little things will break the reality of, of his own, uh, of his own hallucination. So he thinks that he got bitten on the neck by a vampire. The next morning he's shaving and he nicks his neck with the razor. So he starts wearing a bandaid on his neck to cover where he nicked himself. Later that's shown to be a vampire bite. Well, it looks like he didn't have a bite. It looks like he imagined that cut himself. He knows he cut himself, but he also believes that that's the vampire bite. He believes it's both. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also later in the movie, when he finally goes like, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire. He's running around screaming. I'm a vampire. He he realizes that his he doesn't have fangs. He doesn't have vampire fangs. Yeah, so he, I know this was weird to me. I, I, yeah. I, oh, it's all ahead. weird. <laughs> well, I know, but I couldn't really wrap my head around like. Now this struck me as odd in Vampire's <laughs> Kiss. I don't know if people notice this. There's a there are right. few oddities in Vampire's <laughs> Kiss. I just don't get where he's coming from in some ways. I I think it's I think it's genuinely a mental illness movie. I think this is a movie about well, yes. schizophrenia. I guess I'm not. I don't even think it's a metaphor. I I think that this is a movie about about horrible, horrible deteriorating, and you watch every painful development, mental illness. It's horrible. It's presented in a way I've never seen before. Yeah, and you'll never see again because it's it's uh, it's a terrible movie. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's. I guess I'm not saying I don't know what's going on with him. I don't get what's going on with the movie. Like, yeah. Just, but I guess you're right. I guess it's that. It's an unflinching look yeah. at mental illness. And it is unflinching. Was, it is. What I was going to say is that, you know, if there's supposed to be any sort of ambiguity in any way about whether he's a vampire or not, the whole scene with him going to buy the teeth, or whether he thinks he's a vampire or not, I guess. Yeah, I yeah, say. yeah. Um, when he goes to buy the teeth is, is a little confusing because doing that acknowledges that he's obviously not really right. a vampire. I don't have fangs, so I have right. to buy fake fangs. He right. wants to buy these, you know, uh, ceramic or whatever mm-hmm. fancy fangs that he can wear in his mouth, but he can't afford them. So he has to buy cheap Halloween costume little right. kid fangs that are like plastic and have that hinge so that you have mm-hmm. tops and bottoms. And he pops them in his mouth and he's clacking him around, and he can't even speak well anymore because he's got these stupid plastic teeth in his mouth. He probably loved this. Oh, yeah. I think he had a blast. I feel this this in particular was great. I'll, I'll, I'll go a step further. For him, I'm oh, saying. Oh, for Nicolas Cage, the actor. Yeah. I think this movie would be a lot of fun to do because I think that he was almost a big fish in a small pond and was given free reign to literally do whatever he wanted. And it's insane. <laughs> weirdly because he actually wasn't a big star yet when this happened. Like right. he wasn't a huge get. I think that he was filming Moonstruck like right before he filmed this. If I remember correctly, that's like, correct. They were going back and forth with the contracts on the set of Moonstruck. And that's really when he was like 
big deal, like this guy's a real actor, actor sort of thing. So it's surprising that he was given such free reign. I get, yeah. it's honestly just a perfect storm. And I, oh, it's perfect. Producer, perfect. Producers and directors who trusted his vision and decided to let him go for it. And with, I, I with also. being an unproven entity. Well, sort of. I also read well, that they, they did specifically want him and his agent was like, uh, 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 no, 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 no. With Moonstruck coming out, you're not going to do some junkie. Mm-hmm. vampire movie so he signed on then he quit they yeah. wanted to get dennis quaid he wouldn't different commit. movie and nicholas cage came back and did it but also plainly if you listen to the commentary track um the the director of the movie mr beardy or something yeah i know it's name? jb uh oh, robert jim. robert bierman ah jim robert bierman so he um in the commentary at one point in the movie, Nicolas Cage is running after Alva. He's chasing her down the hallway. He pops out of his office, walks down toward her desk, and jumps like five feet in the air. He just jumps from the floor to on top of a desk. And he goes, there you are. And that kicks off the chase scene. That was not Nicolas Cage's idea. That was the director's idea. Yeah, it seemed from what I read that the the director also had some cuckoo ideas. So, so it, it was collectively, like, right. you know, it wasn't so much just, you know, Nick Cage shows up and does whatever he wants. I think there was a lot of that, yeah. but also the director seemed to also buy into the vision or, or help cultivate it. I also, and the writer uh, was like a character. Yes. The, the writer, well, it's funny on Wikipedia. Uh, they say that this was um, written quote as a darkly comic Written as darkly comic and deft as its bizarre premise, Joseph Minion, the writer, wrote the film as he grappled with depression. In an interview with Zach Schoenfeld of The Ringer, Minion said that while on vacation in Barbados with his then-girlfriend, he wrote the screenplay as a response to his toxic relationship with her, dealing with themes of isolation, loneliness, and domination. Zitwer, his girlfriend, who would come on as a producer for the film, found the final product to be, quote, horrifying. Yes. So this guy and his girlfriend, who were in a toxic relationship that inspired the screenplay, worked on this movie as well. Mm-hmm. What is this? Right? I like, I, this does not resemble, I don't know whose who's relationship, every relationship in the movie is toxic. So I yeah. can't tell, why is this a reaction to a toxic relationship? Is it Nicolas Cage- is the metaphor I, the vampire on Nicolas Cage turning yes. him into something he's not? Yes, because I read that article in The Ringer where that's from. And Barbara Zitmer, I think her name is, was saying that she you know, wasn't thrilled that she was being compared to a vampire in this. Oh. So I guess in this that Minion is Nicolas Cage and – Zitmer is Jennifer Beals, like feeding on him. But it also doesn't totally make sense because there isn't actually somebody feeding on him. Yeah, that's not happening. So, I don't know. But right? at least the theme of that, you know. Well, but the movie almost definitively shows to us that, you know, we meet in in a in a scene at the at a club at the end of the movie, he sees Jennifer Beals mm-hmm. and he's like, You, I know you, she's a vampire. And right. she's like, I'm sorry, who are you? Like she doesn't know him. Yeah. And now she could be putting that on, I guess, theoretically. That's a counter argument to say that, well, she's pretending not to know him. Right. But I, I read it very literally that this has all been in his head. Yeah. And uh, there was never a bite. 
He saw a bat. Um, and uh, this was probably like the nascent beginning, the emergence of his mental illness, him seeing bat, the bat. got a bat bone, yeah. and things progressed from there. Exactly. That's, that's, that's how I read it, to be sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But so back to some of the stuff that I like. So the morning after he thinks that he's bitten by a vampire, he's like talking. He's like getting ready for his day and chatting as if she's still in the apartment, like in the morning, mm-hmm. having breakfast with him. And he makes a cup of coffee or tea or something. And he goes and sits in on the bed and extends it out to the empty side of the bed where there's no one there. Right. And freezes. He, he just sits there with his arm extended, holding this cup out to no one. And there's no one to take it. And it's almost as if his brain goes like, well, this is about as far as we can go with this hallucination because nobody's going to take this cup out of your hand. So his body just stops and then his Mm -hmm. arm starts shaking almost as as if he's also battling with himself to be like, there's nobody there. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. But his mind won't really let him acknowledge it. And I found that to be uh, honestly watching it this time. I found this movie to be sad, Mm -hmm. sad and scary. It made me feel less, um, less uh, impatient and annoyed and more like pit of my stomach. Uh, empathizing with his character, which I know is crazy to say, because mm-hmm. it's, it's one of the most insane performances I've, I've ever seen. Yes, very much is. But you know, I mean, repeat watching, you got the shock of the performance out of your system. Yeah. I knew what I was getting. Yeah. You can just kind of see what's going on and I guess feel it in a different way. Yeah, I guess so. I, 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 I don't know, but, um, cause you describing that to me just now, like sounds interesting and I won't say cool, but sounds interesting and that's not the way I felt watching it. I was just like, okay, this is happening. Yeah, well, that's how the movie – the movie definitely feels like a string of just like, all right, on to the next thing now. He's going to do something mm-hmm. – he's in – I mean, every scene of this movie is just him basically. Yeah. There are a few scenes of Alva, his secretary at home, right. struggling with what's going on. But like by and large, this is just Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Caging around. And it's mm-hmm. relentlessly uh, stupid. I don't really understand the Alva story. Like, what is the what is the purpose of this? Because really, the only like plot of it is just him being horrible to her. Yes, you know, right? I I, I agree. So I've I've got a couple thoughts on that as well. So the Alva plotline is 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 sort of fascinating uh, to me now. So I um I I thought I was clever for this, and it turns out I'm approximately the one millionth person to make this connection. This movie is the same as um, American Psycho. Mm-hmm. I've um, you saying that before we even watched it, yeah. Yeah, so I watched both movies back to back before doing this show um, because I really – and I hate American Psycho. I absolutely yeah. hate it. It's ri- written by, you know, Brett Easton, Brett Ellis, Easton or Ellis or David Robert Mitchum or someone. It's Brett Easton Ellis. <laughs> David Robert Mitchum. Um, but so I, you know, it, it's just a, it's just one of those movies that like, it just makes me it, it makes me again. It's another movie that makes me feel like garbage, and mm-hmm. but it's another movie where like these two films are about you know um, yuppie eighties rich lazy people um, who are so uh, like they're they're just like listen they're 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 affluent white men who do what they want all the time Mm -hmm. and all they do is hate their lives Mm 
right. for for everything that they have. Um, and they're able to get away with everything. In this movie, people constantly look at Nicolas Cage and go, he's so eccentric. Or I'm sure he's not that bad. He Really? He's been bothering you that much? You're going to stay sick at home, Alva? Don't you think you should go back? Everybody justifies in this like boys will be boys kind of way. Mm-hmm. No way your boss is that bad. And in American Psycho, it's the same thing. He tells his secretary, you know, uh, never wear this uh, suit again. I want you wearing a dress and I like high heels. And it's all this like boys club nonsense to to a point where there's even bizarre identity stuff in that movie where you can't tell what's real or not and uh is this all in patrick bateman's head is any of this actually happening at all um and the the real underpinning of that story is like this is everyone this is probably every guy in that system is doing like the exact same stuff he's not special in american psycho he's he's what we're all like um, and in this movie, in Vampire's Kiss with Nicolas Cage, the Alva story to me, like on its face, a client calls and says, hey, I, I want to frame a con- the first contract that I ever signed. Can you find it for me? And so Nicolas Cage assigns it to Alva. You have to find it. But the Spiegelman file or whatever it is, yeah. it's like gargantuan. It's huge and it could be anywhere in there. It's going to take you a long time. So please get started. And Alva can't find it. At first, she's like, oh, I thought you didn't want me to. And even I was like, he plainly asked you to, Alva. Yeah. But uh, once she starts trying to find it, she's like working late. Um, She's staying overtime. She can't find it. He's not letting up. And then at a certain point, he calls her into his office and he's like, the client's on the phone right now. Did you find the file? She says no. And he goes, great. Then you're going to have to watch me as I do a song and dance so that we hopefully don't lose our biggest client. Mm -hmm. And he picks up the phone and we can hear the client speaking who's like, hey, I just want to let you know. I did call to ask, like, can you find that file? But just, you know, there's no rush on that. I know you've got a lot to do. I don't need that thing anytime soon. So please just take your time. I do want it. But, you know, I, 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 I hope I didn't give you the impression that. I need it right now when you're all scrambling. So just want to let you know, thanks. And Nicolas Cage hangs up on the, uh, up the phone. And for a second, he goes, well, Alva, I didn't have to sing and dance at all. He was so angry, I couldn't get a word in edgewise. So we, the audience, know. Yeah. He's lying. There's no need for this pressure. Right. But Nicolas Cage is a monster. Mm-hmm. The exact same scene happens in American Psycho. There is a moment where Patrick Bateman takes a phone call uh, and we can hear on his end of the phone that he is trying to make reservations at a place. Um, And uh, they're like, I'm sorry, we can't take a reservation. He's like, really? That's fantastic. They're like, what are you talking about? I just said, I I can't do that. And he's like, all right, 830 it is. And hangs up on the phone. He's like doing a show for somebody else and it's all a ruse. It's the same. They're the same movie. Um, Mm -hmm. Nicolas Cage... um, uh, eats a bug and uh, kills a. Does he kill a cat or something? Is he, does he kill? Oh, he, he catches a bird. He yes, catches yes. and eats a live bird. And Patrick Bateman uh, uh, kills a dog and tries to feed a, an ATM machine a stray cat. The, the, it's just the same things happening at the end of the movie. We don't even know what's true or not. Same damn thing. So Alva is to me almost like in a really sad way. If you look at this movie from Alva's perspective, um, every warning sign was there 
she knew it, that her boss is unhinged and is capable of killing her. And everyone told her, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a story that we hear a lot when it actually does result in murder. Bummer. It is a bummer, but I I almost think it's kind of fascinating uh, uh, for that. It's not even really the centerpiece of the movie, but like, it's interesting that this subplots here at all about a, a woman who is constantly saying, I can't return to that office. I don't trust this guy. And then once he knows that she doesn't trust him, he'll show up and be nice for a minute and then yeah. flip again and have a complete like flip out. He's like, I, want, I told you to find that goddamn file Ugh, after he just tried to be sick. sweet to her. That. And it's, it is so for a movie as insane as this, I almost found that dynamic to be really upsettingly plausible. Yeah, it definitely is plausible. And I think that the way that you're describing it from Alva's perspective is the way that I thought about it as well, almost in a contrarian way, because I don't think the movie super encourages you to see it from her perspective. No. It kind of feels like it's in service of just seeing him unravel. Yes. And so that bugs me. I Oh, I you completely know? Like, this agree. Is really, it's really just like watch this guy be further and further unhinged, and it happens to be at this woman. And like you know, like watch him chase her like through the building. And it's just, it's very in service of his storyline and for his purposes, his storyline, not the bigger look at the movie. It just seems to be like, look at this guy, get more and more unhinged, but it just bugs me that it's at the constant, you know, detriment or to the constant detriment of one person. You're hundred percent. It would be a little bit more palatable. I think if you were, and man, palatable doesn't necessarily mean good, maybe whatever. But anyway, um, it wouldn't be as upsetting if it was him doing progressively more horrible things to different people, but it's always to Alva. Right. And so it's just like, Oh God, she's the focus woman. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I I completely agree with you again. I think that this movie is miserable and bad. I think this is a bad movie, Yeah. but I, and I think you have to, but I, I think you have to participate in movies. Right. So like I, I think that seeing, these events from Alva's perspective is something the movie doesn't necessarily, it does ask you in some ways, like she does ask for a gun from her brother, the bullets from her brother. So you do get some of that, but it's not Alva's movie at all. No. Um, But ultimately she is the one who indirectly puts a stop to Nicolas Cage. Mm -hmm. But um, I do think that like you have to, you, you sort of have to lean in and go like, there's a different movie happening in this movie. Oh yeah, um, definitely. And I, maybe that's part of the point. Is it too lofty to think that? I don't think so. I don't think nothing's by mistake, right? I like, know. I because th- why include those scenes of her at home in bed with her mom and like talking to her brother and stuff? Yeah, exactly. So I do think it's like an artsy fartsy movie with yeah. maybe those aspirations and everything but just the it's just so unpleasant to yeah. watch that i cannot care yeah oh a hundred percent because Ooh. it's all it's also it's so hard to i mean the, it, i was gonna say distracted but it's the point of the movie is like seeing nicholas cage do crazy vampire stuff is like baffling because it also doesn't make any goddamn sense there's a moment no. where he he's the least of it oh yeah he's <laughs> staring into the mirror at himself in the morning and then he reaches out and touches it and acts like he just got burned. 
Mm-hmm. Like mirrors don't burn vampires. I know that's not even part of vampire lore. Like what is that supposed to be? And then he just turns like nothing happened and walks away. He picks up a right. bug. He picks up a cockroach and eats it for real which on screen, real. which is real. He did two takes of it. They used the first one. And mm-hmm. you would think that the idea would make, I, I can't decide what, what's happening in that moment. Cause you'd almost think like, well, he chose to eat the bug. So he's fine with it. But even his acting in the scene is like, it's not some brilliant performance where he eats a bug as if it's food. He eats the bug as if he does not want to be eating a bug. You know, like he's so forcing I, himself to eat a bug, which is baffling. I read about this. So apparently in the original script, and I don't completely understand what this means, by the way. Yeah. In the original script, he was supposed to suck a raw egg. Yeah. I don't really get what that means. Suck it means to me it would be a complete egg in its shell. Suck a raw egg? Oh, you mean not even not even cracked? <laughs> they don't say suck down a raw egg. It repeatedly said suck a raw <laughs> Teach egg. Teach your grandmother so to suck eggs. I know. So that's what I'm confused by is I don't really uh, understand what that means. I can only imagine they mean to suck it down and swallow it or whatever. But anyway, so that was the original thing. And then this was one of the few edits that he had because people kind of assume because he's known for ad-libbing a lot that a lot of this was improvised. But like you said before, the director was totally on board with all this. So actually, it's not a really improvised movie. It's pretty close to script. And he suggested, though, for this, that instead he eat a live cockroach because he, Nicolas Cage, was afraid of cockroaches and he was very method. Uh, he was a very method actor. Sounds horrible. And so he totally. So he wanted to use that. Now the thing is, exactly, it's strange. You would think that him, like, why do you want to bring the horribleness to the screen? Yeah. Because isn't the whole thing that this guy is doing things that are out of the ordinary, and he would love eating this cockroach. Right, a but vampire no, theory. Like, like, uh, uh, so this is a play on, and I, I think what he's right about, like, this is a play on Renfield. From right. the original Dracula story. Oh, I actually didn't even think about that. Yeah. It is. I I, I think intentionally. No, he I calls think- out, I've always said Dwight Fry, who plays Renfield in the original Dracula movie. If you go back and look at that performance from 1931, Dwight Fry is doing Nick Cage stuff. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's insane, but it's fantastic. It is, mm-hmm. it's creepy and it's scary. And he's got the big eyes and it's the theatrical acting uh, it, it's it's but it's it's fantastic. It's done dryly and with no comedy. Um, mm-hmm. And it's 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 a, a a man who's insane who you don't want to be near. Anyway, he is in the throes of being controlled by Dracula and thinks that he needs to eat vermin. Like he's not allowed to bite people, so he has to eat bugs and rats and stuff. So Renfield eats bugs. Nick Cage in this movie doesn't think that he's a vampire for like half the fo- the film. Mm-hmm. But very early on, he's bitten by the vampire and starts acting insane. I think he thinks he's a Renfield more than he's, he's a vampire. vampire. Because okay. later in the movie, he starts going, it finally happened. Once he does the mirror thing, once he, see, he, once he thinks he can't see himself in the mirror, is when he goes, it happened. It finally happened. Where am I? I'm a vampire. That's what makes him think he's a vampire. Before that, I think he thinks yeah. I'm, I'm a, a vampire I'm, underling. Yeah, a vampire underling. So that's why he eats the bug. And right. I almost think maybe that in character, sense. he doesn't want to have to eat bugs, but he thinks he's supposed to. Well, 
Okay. That makes sense. That could be. Right? It's crazy. So in the commentary, I've always talked about Dwight Fry in terms of Nicolas Cage and this movie. Nicolas Cage, in the commentary, calls out Dwight Fry. Mm -hmm. So that was another moment where I was like, "Uh Uh uh-oh. Uh-oh. Do I understand this? And is this a bad thing? Is it like a red flag that I I might be understanding this? How does this reflect on you? Exactly. It's maybe I shouldn't be revealing. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's dangerous for me to admit, but I think I'm starting to understand it. But so like, that's, that's crazy, but it's fascinating. Um, Mm -hmm. Now I want to, I want to, I wrote down a bunch of quotes from the movie and well, real quick, bef- before you do quotes, I think I would like to say something else that Nicholas Cage requested on set. Okay. Are you aware of this? So he he did not like Jennifer Beals. He wanted his then-girlfriend, Patricia Arquette, to play the vampire in the movie who's biting him and stuff. Right. And so he had some sort of problem with, with Jennifer Beals and made a big show of it and stuff. And he said he was having a hard time getting turned on for their love scenes. So he requested that hot yogurt be poured onto his toes during the love scenes so that he could be in the mood what 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 does that mean it means exactly that but i've just never heard of such a thing i've never never in in all my years (laughs) i know it so i felt it it bore mentioning that nicholas cage required hot yogurt to be poured on his toes in order to, I don't want to say get aroused, but get into get into enough of a mood, an amorous mood, to be able to convincingly writhe with Jennifer Beals of Flashdance. Have you tried acting, my dear boy? <laughs> my dear boy. <laughs> Do you have to? For two points. Maybe. Do you have to be genuinely aroused to do your movie work? I know. Especially because everybody says, and you know, I know it's different for everybody, but uh, everybody talks about how mechanical it is, yeah, and how choreographed. So just like do it, just do it. It's your job. That right. that's a little bit method. of like, listen, I I love the entertainment industry, and I I consider myself to be adjacent, and I have aspirations. It's work. You're at work right now. Mm-hmm. Do I have to drizzle hot yogurt on your toes, Mister Cage? Are you sure? Is this necessary know, maybe, for you to do your maybe job? That a, maybe that was a way to insult her. I don't know, but that is what. <laughs> even that's be baffling. Like, oh, I know, but be like, I, I don't even know. I well, know. then, if you want to be insulting, just be like, "This is going to be a lot. Of, this is going to be really hard for me to do. This is going to be so gross." Yeah, exactly. I, I, uh, and I also, know. just just be professional. You don't have to be a weirdo who's insulting people. I know. Uh, so anyway, he, he he has talked about how he thinks that he was probably very unpleasant to be around when making this movie, and like in the commentary, he's like, at, at one point, so it, there's a point in the movie where Alva finally finds the file, um, but he uh, uh, thinks that he's a vampire now and his his life is over. So when she brings him the file, he goes, "It's too late, Alva. It's just too late." And he goes, too late, too late. And he's doing this like ding dong thing with his head. Like yeah. from one, you know, he's like going. He's know. like tick tocking with his head. Yeah. He calls like on the commentary track doing like a cuckoo clock thing. And he goes, now I have no idea where this came from. I don't know. I don't even know what this is supposed to be. <laughs> like he, he knows, you know, this is crazy. And he's like, yeah, I was, I was out of my mind when we were making this movie. And even with the uh, pigeon scene, he's like, yeah, yeah, I caught this pigeon and it's hard. It's hard to catch a pigeon. And the director goes, well, we drugged all the pigeons. And he goes, oh, you did? He goes, yeah, you didn't know that? Yeah, we had it. 
Well, you just thought you could catch. You can't catch a pigeon. And he goes, oh, I don't know what I. Don't I know. Can't you? They don't move very fast. And not when you drug them for a movie. But so Nicholas Cage is like, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. I was I was out of my mind. Huh. <laughs> but the director really goes like, Did you think that you just were able to chase and catch a pigeon? <laughs> I don't think that's so far out of the realm of possibility. All right. Well, you, you and see- I on Patreon, we're gonna do some. We're gonna you and I are each gonna chase some pigeons and see if we can catch them. I mean, do you usually see pigeons really booking it? Like, it doesn't seem that hard. They can fly. Yeah, I know, but if you sneak up on one, I don't know. I want to see you sneak up on a pigeon. I'm not Look, I'm not saying I can do this I want to see you. I'm just saying it's not like pigeons are famously so fast and evasive. I want to see like, you tiptoe up behind a pigeon and try to catch it now. There's no way. And then they I want you come. I want you to catch it and it to start carrying you away. <laughs> I want you to they catch it by its flapping feet. flapping at my face. And it's flapping and you're going, I got it. I got whoa, whoa, whoa. William. Help me! <laughs> help me! Help me! Help Just let me. go! No, I it's can't. it's taking me! It took me! It, <laughs> past tense. Took. It took me! It took me! <laughs> On the news, uh, above yeah. above Manhattan, it took me. Says podcaster. Somehow oh, carried away by one pigeon, <laughs> by a single pigeon. Now that's a t-shirt. You holding on to a pigeon that's flying away above the New York City skyline and it that's just says right. it it's taking me or it took me. It took me over the Chrysler building. Yeah, somebody somebody make that. Somebody yeah. make that come to life. All um, right, so hit me with some quotes. Yeah, so uh uh here's here's a big a big moment that I just want to call up. This movie's full of quotes. Yeah. Full of quotes. So like Definitely you know, notable quotable. There's like a moment where you know Nicholas Cage is trying to get Oliver to look through the files, and at a certain point he's like, "So just look through the files." And he goes, "Am I getting through to you, Alva?" <laughs> it's like Say, I liked that part. <laughs> big, big, crazy, and then and then of course a very famous one um, where he's talking to a psychiatrist and he's like, yeah, yeah. "How can it not be in the right file? You just put it in the file." According to alphabetical order, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he goes, that's all you have to do. I never misfiled anything. Not once. Not one time. And he puts his hands on his hips like yeah. Mick Jagger. Just <laughs> it, And it also, like, he's accusing Alva of having misfiled. And then he says, I never misfiled anything. Not once. Not yeah, one he's time. Yeah, he's better, better than Alva. You would, she misfiled. I've never done that. That would almost lead you to believe that he did misplace that file initially. Uh-huh. Which would be almost poetic, except he calls out at the beginning of the movie that this file predates either of them. So I don't know. Right. Uh, right. On the commentary, he's like, there's a bit of McJagger in here, but I, I don't really know why. And then the director is like, the hand motions you're doing here. And Nicolas Cage goes, oh, believe it or not, those are actually intensely choreographed. Oh yeah. My in my, Look, I believe it. Back home, me and with my cat, I would, you know, block out all of this. I'm like, oh, God. It's now intensely. And anybody watch that scene, tell me if it feels like it's intensely choreographed. I bet it is, though. It might be. I'm, that you know, guy is very intense about his craft. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I now, wouldn't be surprised. All of that is to almost get those bigger things out of the way. Because here's my actual favorite quote of this movie. Okay. Nicolas Cage is in the bathroom in El Baño, mm-hmm. occupado, 
Yeah. And he is looking in the mirror and he thinks his reflection's not there. It's that moment. And he starts screaming, where am I? Oh God, where am I? And he's crying. He's going, where am I? And then I put the subtitles on to catch this full thing. Here's what happens. Somebody in the stall speaks up and says the following. You're in the goddamn crapper, low, and I'm trying to take a dump. So either shut up and leave the goddamn acting lessons for home or go back to the ladies' room. <laughs> yep. And the shot is just on a pair of shoes with pants bunched around them and the belts yep. <laughs> lying limply on the ground. You're in the goddamn crapper, low. That's his character. That's Nicholas Cage, low. Right. And I'm trying to take a dump. So, <laughs> so either shut up. And leave the goddamn acting lessons at home or go back to the ladies' room. To be so cavalier about so, taking a dump and like yelling at a coworker or something. Uh, insane. You're in the goddamn crapper. Yeah. And I'm trying to take a dump. Right. The freedom <laughs> the f- that guy must move through his daily life with. The bravado. The chutzpah. It's almost this. it's almost enviable. Yes, I find it admirable <laughs> to be that free. I can't imagine. Admirable. <laughs> admirable. There was also, did you see that there was like an older lady? So he does at one yeah. point chase Alva into the women's bathroom. And there's this older lady who's walking toward the camera. And she says like, what the F is going on? And is like looking right in the camera. Yes. Walking toward it. So the bathroom is where the truth comes out. I liked out. her. I liked her to yes. accept. Isn't she, it always? She walked out of this moment where a man had burst into the bathroom and was clearly. Oh, I know. Threatening I know. I Alva like, physically. No, no, no. You stick around. You don't say what's going on and get out of it. Now, there. arguably, she could have also not felt safe. It's not really what I got from her. But, no, she seemed put out, I would say. Uh, yeah. She, let's hope she was, if she didn't feel safe, let's hope she was going out there to get a third party that we just didn't see. She left Alva with the monster. Although she right. does visit Alva at her desk later and go like, you okay, honey? So mm. it, it almost spoke to the sadness of like, that's what it's like being a lady in this office. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, the, the bathroom seems to be mm-hmm. where the real stuff happens. She looks in the where camera. This is done. She looks in the camera like, this is out of control and then this dude taking a dump he says leave the goddamn acting lessons for home so Mm -hmm. that almost plays to me intentionally or not like a meta textual we're acknowledging that nicholas cage's character is Mm -hmm. too big right yeah he's not even acting the part of a vampire no he's he's just completely over the top the man on the can right thinks this is bad acting too mm-hmm. right he gets it yeah he gets totally. it he's having yeah. our experience yes well our experience plus <laughs> that's true coming soon experience plus <laughs> to every bowl he's, he's going through something <laughs> you want to sign up for experience plus <laughs> unfortunately i think i've been having experience uh, oh, plus. <laughs> uh. this stomach bug <laughs> uh but i just love this line you're in the goddamn crapper low and i'm trying to I take don't. a dump so either shut up and leave the goddamn acting lessons for home or go back to the ladies room and he's also acknowledging you burst into the ladies room and threatened a girl did he say go back to the ladies yeah he says or go back to the ladies room i thought he was just saying that as a like you know misogynistic like oh you're being you're being yeah you're being like a wuss because you're being a crybaby you're therefore being feminine yes uh maybe maybe i I just took it as like we all agree or no because there's a scene 
again, something that happens in American Psycho, it's like in a conference room and all the men are sitting around. They're like, hello, you are one piece of work. You even jumped up on the desk, huh? I chased her. Oh, you're mm-hmm. a crazy man. You should be careful, though. Alva carries a gun. So they mm-hmm. they yeah. all know that he did this. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're f- fine with it. Yeah. They're fine with it. Yeah. Uh, it's, they suck. They're they terrible. They suck. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, uh, two other things. So um, he, Nicolas Cage in a club, uh, approaches a woman like Nosferatu, literally yes. like Camp Orlock. Camp Orlock. Right. Camp Orlock. Welcome to Camp Camp Orlock. Orlock. Everybody (laughs) creeps around like a big weirdo (laughs) from a silent film. He's walking like Nosferatu from the original Nosferatu. It's called Count Orlock. So he's got his arms outstretched and his eyes wide again, and he's walking slowly. He's, again, he's doing things he thinks he has to do as a vampire. He was watching Nosferatu at one point in the movie, so he's almost, he's in the film, the character that he's playing is playing Max Shrek from right. Nosferatu. He's doing what he thinks he's supposed to do as a vampire. And again, this time I almost thought it made sense and worked for me. And it was scary. All right. And I also had the thought, if you went out to dinner and you saw a coworker who showed up by themselves and was walking around like that and doing that just on their own, how scared would you be? <laughs> That's extremely uh, scary. And I'd be extremely concerned. How scary is that? Very scary. If you just saw. But if, again, in a mental health crisis way. Oh, yeah. But also, but like also in like a LARPing kind of way where you, you'd go like, hello, is that you? And he's like, oh, hey. Uh, hey. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, it's not me. I'm Nosferatu. I'm just out. You know, it's a Friday night. I thought I'd come out. Yeah. <laughs> like if you drove through town and you, and you, caught me pretending to be like a kitty cat on the street and i was like oh my I, god I, I just like to do that i don't know it's, uh, you if you snap you weren't right supposed to see to, me to william yeah and you're talking like this and you're like yeah i just like to do that then that is just your fun thing and i just let you do that really you let me act like a kitty cat on the street like buster for jones from cats if you seem totally fine otherwise, <laughs> you drive like, through I town. just like to do this you drive through and town like, you see me getting coffee and i'm dressed like buster for jones from cats. Yeah. And I'm acting like a kitty cat. <laughs> you fine with that as long as I'm during like, the it's during my hobby. the daytime? Yeah. <laughs> you said at night. That's different. Well, I do it I do it from day to night. Cuz oh, oh, okay, this is your this from is day your full night. state now. Yeah, this is what I yeah. No, then I'm concerned. All right. But no, if you're being if you're being totally yourself usually, but in relative privacy, the cover of Dark of Night you enjoy being Bustopher Jones, but then you are still interacting with your daily life the way you usually do. Then do I privately think it's very, very odd? Yes. I'm like, I, I have to delay guide to the unknown again. I have to, I got to go out. I got to, there's something I got to do. I have to get my, my velvet vest mended. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my top hat. By the way, fitted. free, free, uh, uh, t-shirt idea that I still have not seen anybody do. Bill Murray, in dress like you know, he's in the Broadway musical Cats, but all the fur is per- patterned, patterned as Garfield, and he looks oh, sad. Okay. Can't you can't you yeah. see that on like a loot crate shirt or something yeah. like that? And a million people wear it and it becomes like a meme or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe not today. Really, I, I feel like I don't know. All the Bill Murray stuff still seems like people love it. So I don't know. Somebody make that and then give me a, a cut. 
I don't think that it's my Bill idea, Murray but I don't want to make it. Is I don't think it's burning as hot as it had been. Eh, maybe maybe when the new there. Ghostbusters comes out, it will again. Yeah, I mean, it's still running a temp, but I, I don't think that it's like a huge deal. All right, fair enough. Not so sure. um, he is in the club, and he and he approaches a woman like Nosferatu, Nicolas Cage, and he immediately bites her on the neck and mm-hmm. kills her, like for real. Yeah, for real. This is not a debatable thing. There is later on a uh, a headline on a newspaper um, that reads disco death girl victim of bizarre murder with a full on picture of of the corpse. And he is now covered in blood. He's got blood dripping down his face and he is at his absolute lowest, almost exclusively living in a fantasy. He starts talking Mm -hmm. to a wall thinking he's speaking to a psychiatrist and she is like, well, of course you had to do those things. You, Oh, please. You killed one person. Don't feel bad about that. Like his psyche is concocting a scenario in which his psychiatrist coddles him again, almost being like, Oh, don't, don't feel bad for murdering people Mm -hmm. and, and, and stuff. And he starts to, um, hallucinate that she's hooked him up with, um, somebody to be in a relationship with. And so for like five seconds, it's going well. And then he starts turning on his imaginary girlfriend. But like, as he's talking to her, um, she's like, so what's all this I heard about you killing somebody? He goes, oh, that I turned into a vampire. It's a long story. (laughs) Like he, and then, uh, and then later on when he's fighting with his imaginary girlfriend, he starts mocking what she, assuming, I assume he heard her say in his head. Why'd you have to become a vampire? Why couldn't you be more normal? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, I don't know this stage of Nicolas Cage where he's walking around the streets is like wailing, covered yeah. in blood, and dragging a big wooden stake around. He asks some people to kill him. Yeah, his hair is no longer slicked back. Yeah, he's, he looks a mess. And and in the commentary, they're like, "This is sometimes people in New York, yeah, just act like this." Sometimes they're just like untreated, mentally ill people on the streets. Mm-hmm. And he so authentically embodies that, that yeah. it, again, made me feel like sick. It, oh, God, it, it's yeah. like hard to watch. Yes. But also it's shot in this bizarro way where it's shot like an episode of Jackass or like a hidden. It looks like the Jamie Kennedy prank show mm-hmm. where it's like shot from down the block with a telephoto know, lens. Weird. And he's approaching people and going like, kill me, kill me, and hopping around with a stake. Well, some of them were just legit randos walking down the street. They yeah. weren't all like extras. The director so at one I, point goes like, these are real hobos. And I looked at it and I was like, these aren't hobos. <laughs> they may be real people, but I don't, I don't know. Hobos. hobos. What the hell? I mean, maybe they were, maybe it was partially out of necessity to shoot it that way so that it wouldn't give away that this is a movie set or whatever, you know? <sighs> yeah, I guess, but because that, they that were makes trying it almost to get like real people. It almost becomes like a YouTube prank video at that point. And also mm-hmm. he's got an obsession with wanting to be stopped. He does. Not only does he not want to be a vampire, he wants to be dead. At one point yeah. when he's screaming at Alva and she leaves the office, he goes, don't you want to shoot me Alva? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he does not want to be alive anymore Mm -hmm. so he scrambles into his apartment and he's hiding under his couch which he's demolished his apartment and he turns the couch upside down to use it like a coffin like he can up raise and lower the coffin lid it's this couch that he's turned upside down wikipedia has something very interesting to say so alva uh was assaulted by nicholas cage perhaps Mm -hmm. sexually assaulted it's sort of unclear 
I know. It, I didn't get that from the movie, but then I read that afterward. Yeah. So it's it's both. It's like she. Mm-hmm. It, I, I've I've heard, or at least I've heard it both ways. Um, in some places, I read that she thinks that he sexually assaulted her because she passes out, but he didn't. He mm-hmm. like started to attack her and then shifted and and moved on and and ran away. Um, or s- like. I mean, at the very least, he did like rip open. He did a hundred percent. Yes. So there is, you know, assault, but yes, but so she, um, it, she tells everything to her brother who then decides that he's going to maybe kill Nicholas cage. So he shows up at Nicholas cage's apartment when Nicholas cage is hiding in his makeshift coffin. And Wikipedia says, quote, Emilio hears flatulent noises and finds him and upturns the sofa. I don't remember flatulent noises. Do you? So Wikipedia is saying that Emilio walked in and heard Nicolas Cage farting. Farting in his coffin? Farting in his fake coffin so loud that it gave up his location. What? William, do you remember that? Not only do I uh, not remember that, I I re-listened to that moment, cranked, pressing my headphones into the sides of my head, hoping to hear a fart. (laughs) Who wrote? I don't know. Wikipedia has issues. <laughs> issues. That's so weird. I wonder if somebody was like farting in the room when that person wrote it. And they were like, oh, it must be the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think so? And they talk like Nicolas Cage does in this movie? <laughs> oh, must be the movie. <laughs> oh. Uh, I'm sure was that was the movie, the movie. and I it was somebody else. You're saying somebody farting under there. You said yeah. somebody farted in the room while someone else was watching the movie. So they're sitting right. in a room watching vampires kiss. Right. Their With friend farts, and then they go, "Oh, that must have been the movie," which implies <laughs> that they know there's a chance that it wasn't. Okay. Or oh. they. They fart in the room and they're like, I can't believe he's farting under there <laughs> or something. Did you hear that, Gregory? I can't believe he's farting under there. Why, look, right. it's, dra- it's, it's revealed his location to Emilio. <laughs> it's the only explanation. The poor fool. The absolute <laughs> fool. Who knew that blood would give him gas? Oh, my God. That smell, Um, it never just goes away. (laughs) So anyway, there's a scramble and Emilio ends up taking the wood and staking Nicolas Cage through the stomach. He stakes the vampire with wood and Nicolas Cage dies. Perishes. Honestly, the first thing that I thought of First, you know, again, I'm going to say like with a big asterisk. Mm-hmm. I like that Nicolas Cage dies the way a vampire dies at the end of this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stake through the heart, a wooden stake through the heart. Mm-hmm. But also, I want to see what happens next. I want to see the police go, hold on. Hold <laughs> Look at on. This place. Downtown, there was a woman murdered in a nightclub when somebody bit her neck like a vampire. Mm. And then we found a body in an apartment that was staked through the heart. Yeah. What? Yeah. Happened. Like after this moment in this imaginary universe, if it continued, 
People would be like, vampires God, are real. I don't want it to. He lived yeah, as a vampire. Right. He did what a vampire yeah, right. does, right? Eh, that, I mean, they'd probably find his fake teeth. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But no, at least somebody who thinks they're a vampire is real. Well, yeah, and that's almost like that old Rosemary's Baby thing of like, it's almost more dangerous for him to think he's a vampire, right? Yeah, like, because then mean, he's going to do instance, what. Yeah. It certainly is. He yeah. did what vampires do. He bit a woman and killed her. Right. It's insane. It's 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 crazy. It's a hell of a movie. So, Will, what movie do you like better? Vampire's Kiss or American Psycho, having watched them back to back? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, I, I, I'll say this. I don't think I, I walked away from either one of them going, ooh, I liked that. <laughs> yeah. But, ooh, ooh. Ooh, I like this. Ooh, I liked that. I closed my laptop. I liked that. There's no one in the room. I'm satisfied. Yeah. I um but I think I think I was the most sort of impressed on this viewing of Vampire's Kiss. Okay. Cuz I think okay. I think I already knew I knew the landmines going in. Right. I knew the A B C D reciting the alphabet thing. I knew the performance, mm-hmm. and I've I know a little bit more about Nick Cage this time going in to watch it maybe as well. I was yeah. also watching it and taking notes, which I've never done. I've never watched mm-hmm. Vampires Kiss and Set taking furious copious notes. <laughs> so I doing it this time. I actually was like, oh, I see what they're doing. I understand why they made some of these choices mm-hmm. as bad as they are i'm gonna say i like vampires kiss more than american psycho all right that is surprising it 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 hurts to say i I don't want to you know just like people are like i can't pick my favorite child i can't pick i can't really pick which one of these movies i like less yeah your least favorite yeah but i i walked away chewing on more from vampires kiss yeah um, than I did with from American Psycho, including Flash, including Flash, Flash. Well, um, there you have it. Can I just say one last thing? Yes. In Vampire's Kiss, Nicolas Cage at one point in the movie, before he's supposed to be out of his mind, mm-hmm. he's laughing and he goes, "Ha ha 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 ha!" Yes. And then when he's crying, he goes, "Boo hoo, boo hoo." He says, "Boo hoo," yes. and "Ha ha 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 ha." Um, and I was watching it being like, well, this is crazy. I don't know he why he did this he one. He challenged himself to do that. That's right. Yep. That's what I was going to mm-hmm. say. He, he, oh, okay. he just wanted to see if he could right. find a way to emotionally justify literally saying boo hoo. Mm-hmm. And I would argue, no, he could not. No, but also that's all he did. <laughs> so they had to put it in the movie. <laughs> right. There's no other choice. This and, movie and is also- a game for him. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. It's not a no, movie. Also the, no. This is an, all an experiment. It's an experiment in a series of personal challenges. I think especially Nicolas Cage of the past really got his jollies in that way. Yes. Like, or to say it in a nicer way, was like very artistically fulfilled yeah. by challenging himself this way. I read somewhere else that he was like, this movie was in me somewhere at that time. Mm-hmm. He was like, I had to make this movie so I could move on. I had to get this out Boy. of my system. That's tough and stuff. And that I also, I also kind of respect 
Where I'm like, yeah. all right, like I don't know, he got like forty thousand bucks. He bought a a crazy sports car, well, off of yeah. this movie, and he's like, or four hundred thousand bucks, and uh, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, like if you get to work as an actor and you're paid that heavily, that like your fee just goes to buying a car. This mm. can all be a game to you to a certain totally. extent. Totally, and I also, yeah. I also, I don't think I respect that from the craft of filmmaking but i do think i kind of get it from the fun of performing yeah if you can if you have the opportunity to do something that you're like really interested in doing like and you're gonna get paid like why the hell not yeah and it's it's, directors on board with this cuckoo stuff so is the writer like why would he not and it's fun to go big it's fun to go crazy and and broad i did some voice acting recently for um there's a new show called out called um Shoe bones. Shoe bones. Shoe bones. Um, created by uh, Morgan Ormond, who did uh, uh, Earthbreak with me. And uh, uh, Morgan Ormond, uh, uh, they asked me if I would play a character, and it's not out yet. You can hear a little bit of me in the trailer, but uh, it was a, a very fun character to do and a, a very broad character to do. And uh, I remember for the recording sessions, I really just like opened up and belted it. I like I played it really big for a few things and it was super fun and I don't know how <laughs> I don't know I don't know how well it will gel with everything. Morgan seemed happy so that's really all I can go by. But safe, Morgan liked it, then you're good. Then I'm good, but like it's fun to go crazy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. So I get it on that level. Right. But I don't uh, I don't know if this is a movie. <laughs> it is. I mean it's out there. It's out it there. Exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I looked up a couple of, uh, uh, reviews and one of them was just, uh, this sucks. This movie <laughs> sucks. And I, I, I love it Basically anytime somebody says that. Yeah. This headline for this review, one out of five stars, this movie sucks, That's <laughs> but, all there is but not say. in a good way. Like, I just love the brutality. of <laughs> I know sometimes the simplest burns like that, like hurt the most. Where yeah. Like, oh man. Movie completely you think I sucks. Suck. Yeah, yeah. You think I suck? Oh no. God. Um, now we're going to get a one star review that says you suck. <laughs> I know. Oh, great. Uh, well, there you have it, everybody. Week two of Cagetober. That's right. Cagetober marches on. It does. We're halfway through, <laughs> technically. Yes. And I, I think, I think, not remembering fully what's on the slate going uh-huh. forward, but I think we're through the potentially the worst of it. I think so too, yes. Wicker Man and Vampire's Kiss. Yes are probably the basement. Yeah, I think so too. They're well-known bad movies. They're, you know, (laughs) recognized as bad. Yes, they're famous for being bad. The rest of what we have to do, something is a little bit overlooked and forgotten, and something else is rather new, Uh and uh, I've seen almost like celebrated in a cult kind of way. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely having a resurgence at the moment, I would say. So we're doing one of his resurgent movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, I think it'll be interesting. And if you are one of our, um, patrons over on patreon.com slash GTTU pod, you already know what these movies are. That's right. And if you would like to know what they are, then go ahead and head over there and join us on Patreon at the $4 or more tier. And then you get access to all kinds of bonus stuff, including a bonus episode a month, a discord, all kinds of things, and you support the show, which means a ton to us. It really helps does. us out 
keeps us doing it. Yeah, it helps us in a big way. We were talking even today about things that we want to do. You know, the show might have sounded or looked differently in the last couple of weeks because my basement Mm -hmm. set got got ruined and we're still not ready to move back down there and rebuild. But Chris and I do have really fun ideas of how to improve the look and the sound of the show. And all of that is going to be able to happen because of of Patreon. For sure. Um, Mm -hmm. But we can absolutely use your support. So patreon.com slash gttupod and very fun things happening in the next couple of weeks. Some big changes, to be quite frank. Big changes. And I also want to say, purely for my own ego, I found out that today, as we're recording today, which is what? Is the 6th. October 6th. Today is the 10-year anniversary of me getting into podcasting. I recorded my first ever podcast 10 years ago today. And I've only missed a handful of weeks Uh in those 10 years. Um, Well, so maybe some people are with me from way back then and with us now. I I, I don't know, but um, I I've, I've loved it. Um, Here's to 10 more. And uh, thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Very cool. Please do feel free. Go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a good review. If that's your kind of thing, share the show on social media. Um, We would greatly appreciate it if you would help us get the the good name of Guide to the Unknown out there. Um, Yeah. For all things Guide to the Unknown, head to gttupod.com. That'll bring you to our merch. That can bring you to our Patreon. That can bring you to every previous show we've ever done. And they're 200 plus Mm -hmm. at this point. And you can also find us online. That's right. I am at Chillin' Kristen. And I am at The Myth Traveler. So we will be back next week as we continue Cagetober, uh, hopefully uh, getting into something that's more of a movie. There are definitely more of movies, I believe. I think so. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. Uh, one thing I wanted to challenge you to do was to say the alphabet fun, like Nick Cage. Oh, I can't do that. I don't know. You can't do it nearly as well as him. No. So why no even way. try? I don't even remember how he does it. It's just all like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Like just like that the whole time, right? Yeah, that's pretty much right. He was I also like, I wanted to challenge myself to even say the alphabet entertaining. I'm like, eh. oh, I know. yeah. All it does is just gets bigger. It's not like I... <laughs> He definitely is like going back and forth, like A, B, C, with his body. E, like, F, G. Yeah. yeah. And then he starts clapping and oh, yeah, wiggling right. his hands. What a movie. What a friggin' movie. Oh, yeah.